15 Podcast number 15 We've arrived at number 15 It took 14 other podcasts to get here <laughs> Worst thing about this song is that I researched for number 16 because I miscounted <laughs> Take it away, take it away. Go, go, you go, you go. <laughs> Fifteen, mm-hmm. Fifteen, yeah. I might just keep going just to, just know, to push the measure yeah. a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to see how, to see how far I could stretch you. <laughs> Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Flight of the Concords. Yeah. <laughs> it's business time. It's business time. <laughs> I, want to, I want to be the hip hop epotamus. Uh, yeah. You can be the rhyme nostrils. <laughs> oh, That's no. brutal. All right. Am I stopping? Yeah, you're very soulful, Aiden. But... I mean, that sounds lush, to be fair. That's beautiful. That was really nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Straight away. All right. I just want you guys to envision me to start with. Not you guys here in the room because you can see me. But the people who are listening envision me. We come to a house. We're on location to start yeah. with. Which I know. Is, I love which that. is exciting for us. Which is exciting. Which is very exciting for us. <laughs> and then, like, you know, we do this thing at the start of every podcast and at the end where I try and sing. And then... And then someone actually sings, and I'm and all I'm, and my brain just goes shit. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to pick it up and do some more, and I was like, no. come back in with another chorus. Be like, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I panicked. <laughs> I freaked, and I went shit. She's good, and I'm like, oh no, no, it's good. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I'm no. a bit husky as well, so it kind of added a little bit of yeah, depth. Yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> Did oh. you like that, Aiden? Yeah, 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 is yeah. that is that? How are you often sound, or is that just hay fever as you've been? Um, <laughs> I am suffering quite bad with hay fever today, so I apologise for any sniffles. Have you seen that episode of Friends where Phoebe has sexy phlegm? No, it's just oh. me, great. Great. <laughs> just me. No, no Friends fans? I remember, no, no, but I don't remember that one. I remember Smelly Cat from Phoebe. That's about it. But, she, um, she has a, a day where she gets a cold. And she sounds really like, oh yeah, you know this. <laughs> and uh, and then her cold goes, and she just goes around licking everybody's cups to try and get back oh. her sexy flame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I might have a, a little little gravel in my voice today, but <laughs> more than fine. Aiden, do the introduction, please. Um, okay, so my name is Aiden. We're accompanied by Carl. We're accompanied by the wonderful Amber Tremaine. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And to take the words out of your mouth, Amber's shitbag dog. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, he's a, he's, he's a first-class asshole. <laughs> he is the cutest little thing. He's tiny, but he has little man syndrome, little dog syndrome. Last time I was here, like I was saying, he was hanging off the back of my leg with yeah. those teeth. He's we, like a cliche. He's, he's a, yeah. He, he likes you now, but he is he is literally the cliche of a of a little shitbag dog. Like <laughs> any, any post that comes in, he wants to rip it up. The postman, the, the ring app is a nightmare because if the ring like doorbell goes up on a TV program, 
then we've got this crazy dog for about half an hour just going around. So yeah, he thinks he's bigger than he is. Basically. I love it. <laughs> I love it. he's like he's all he's all aggression. He's not now. He's no. lovely, sleepy, sleepy, sleepy. Yeah, but he's all aggression and he's got no front teeth. No, he's got no front teeth and he's about thirty centimeters long. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we called him Shitbag and Arsehole. What's, what's his real name? Merlin. 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 Yeah, Merlin came to us and we adopted him last year um, because a lovely friend of mine lost her uncle and it was his owner. He passed away. And uh, he was not advertised, but his, his kind of like uh, co-owners uh, advertised for somebody who might want to take him in. And I just like, I want him. I want that little gappy tooth dog in my life. And uh, we got him. Everybody wanted him and we got him. So we're very All lucky. Right. Yeah, we're oh, very, very lucky. Cool. Little Magic Merlin. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm just looking at it. I'll keep an eye on him just in case he comes over and has a gnaw on me or, gum, yeah. or, or gums me up. <laughs> He's all right. He's cool. Uh, yeah, I've drugged him. He's yeah, fine right, now. That's right. <laughs> we're on beer. He's had a few. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, Aidan tells me you're a singer. I am. By trade? Yes. Beautiful. Um, How long for? Well, I've only Go. ever really sung forever. So been... uh, as a professional, 20 years. Bloody hell fine. That's great. I came, I was fresh out the box, 20 years old, and that's when I started gigging. Um, I say fresh out the box. Actually, people are starting a lot younger now. But for me, 20 years ago, yeah. kind of uh, going from working in a pub um, to suddenly being in bands and working and doing a TV show way back then, um, that changed my life forever so i've never ever done anything else that's amazing it's quite like i'm a little bit jealous but that's all right so when did you when did you discover you could sing when yeah um, give, give us the give us the, the early days the okay. early days what is it was it something that you know two-year-old four-year-old it just was it was definitely there? a young thing like well, i was about i think i was about six when i started a um a little like dance class in where i lived before and i remember one of my earliest memories when i was about five or six was being entered into a like a regional competition, tap dancing, singing, that kind of stuff. And uh, one of my first solos ever was Zippity Doodah. <laughs> and I had a, what I had a, a yeah, what a, what a <laughs> banger. <laughs> I had on this like blue leotard or no, whatever it was, blue or yellow. And my mum used to make them and they used to have the itchiest netting. <laughs> and like your groin would be itchy, your underarms. Was everything. she just getting, was it like lined with Hessian? Oh, pretty much. And she was much. just getting you back for being a bugger of a <laughs> yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> scraping the hair into ponytails and oh. all that kind of stuff. But I just remember being on stage and I think I was only really phased once and I think I lost my lines and I went back out and did it again, that kind of stuff. And yeah. I just never really remember being very shy. I just like wanted to do that. Yeah. And then around seven, um, a neighbour of ours across the road uh, gave us a piano and they gave us an upright and it lived in our hallway. And funnily enough, the first song I ever learned on that, and I taught myself, was Doe a Deer. There you go. And I remember, yeah, because I, I grew up watching the sound of And music. we were just talking we about this before about... we started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what we always do. We end up having a good chat before we start, and then yeah. like, stuff that should re really be in the podcast. But, <laughs> but like you were saying, your family was very Von Trapp. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of us, and I'm the eldest of six daughters, and every single sister that's kind of popped out has kind of popped out going, la! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it, it was definitely in the family. And I, like I say, I just taught myself the piano and I was really lucky. Um, my dad was in the Navy and we traveled around a lot. And everywhere I went, I always managed to find like a dance school or, you know, a, a music teacher or something because yeah. that was what I wanted to do. And then 
at 11, um, I got a scholarship to go to a performing arts school in Hertfordshire, just outside London. And I stayed there till I was 18, did my A-levels, um, kind of focused more on musical theatre, but it was really obvious around 15 that I wanted to do pop. I wanted to do rock and roll, you know. I, yeah. I was myself and, and some lads from the school, and it, it originally it started off as a girls' school, then became a mixed school. So there was very few boys, and most of the boys I was in a band with, basically. It. it just happened, you know, and... I thought I was bloody Alanis Morissette or Gwen <laughs> Stefani. I was like proper, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved um, kind of uh, the, the indie stuff. We loved Radiohead. And, yeah, cool. Do you know what I mean? So we were really into it. Yeah. So we were just sitting in a practice room at night, 14, 15, learning all these songs. Before you know it, the school have gone, I think there's something happening here. Uh, let's, let's, let's put on a gig. Let's do something. And then 15, you know, started gigging. But, you know, when I came home at 20 years old um, from this amazing school, uh, I entered a TV show. It was the first of its kind. It was before X Factor and all those kind of things. And I went on and I won 150 grand. And I walked away that night, the winner of a primetime TV show at 20. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. That's insane. Uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. But it was the best launch pad. Cause, you Is know, that out there for people to watch? Yeah, there, it's on, it's on, it's on YouTube. YouTube yeah. yeah. Although I only put it on YouTube oh, yeah. last year. because. Because there was no YouTube. Well, exactly. We're talking, yeah. Prior... <laughs> and, and because I was in charge of it, I was always a little bit like, oh, I don't think I can put that up myself. <laughs> and then you get to a certain point, you think, nah, go yeah, on, yeah. stick it up. Yeah, it's yeah. good fun. But yeah. Mel, it's... Mel B? Mel B, yeah. she was the presenter. Oh, was it? Mel... All right. Yeah. What's it, it... what's it called, the show? This is my moment. This is, yeah. this this is my, my moment. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, you, you had to sing down the phone and uh, gotcha. uh, to, to enter. And I hadn't long had my son. He was only four months old. And I sang, I'd just come out the bath and I stood upstairs on my own in the bath, in the bedroom. And I picked up the phone and I, and I sang down it. You get 30 seconds. Right. And there were 56,000 people that That's entered that week. Mad. And then they phoned me up and they said, you're through to the, to the next stage. Right. Come up to Manchester, bring a case in case you stay. And I went up, I auditioned for producers and they said, you're not going home. So you're on live TV on Saturday night. And I was like, oh, <laughs> did it. And there were five singers and and the public get to vote and every vote was a pound and you get half of that as a prize money. Yeah, and yeah. I, I won that night with 304,000 votes. That's mad. God. So I took home 152 grand <laughs> that night. <laughs> it's crazy, actually. Can I, can I elaborate a little bit more? Am yeah. I just wasting yeah, time? Yeah, no, just rush in. This is great. <laughs> oh, this is great. The funniest thing was, is I was proper poor. And um and I remember I had like this overdraft that was, um you know, building up. And I had a baby, so I wasn't working. And I had no life experience, you know. I was young and it was a bit rubbish. And I remember I was in Manchester on my own in a hotel room um for the first time as a, as a young adult, you know. And uh my bank phoned me and they were like, hi, Miss Tremaine. Um, we just want to discuss your overdraft. And I was like, oh, hey, um, you never guess what? I'm, I'm on the telly this weekend and I've been, I've been guaranteed a thousand pound expenses. I said, so um, I can pay off my overdraft when I get home. And they were like, that's wonderful. Well done. Good luck. And I, and I remember sitting there. I remember sitting there thinking, right, well, I can pay off my overdraft. I can get myself a washing machine, which yeah. is what I need. Yeah. And just little things like that. And uh, I never thought in a million years I was going to win it. And then I won and I had nothing in my bank, nothing. Man. And I had to borrow money to go and do it. Yeah. And I remember uh, I won live on Saturday night and my family were all up with me. And then we all got a minibus home yeah. from Manchester. And then we arrived back home Sunday morning 
And my mum said, well, we're all up. It's seven in the morning. Let's go and get some breakfast from Tesco's. So we trundled over to, to Tesco's or wherever it was. Um, it might not have been seven in the morning. It might have been a bit after that. But I remember we walked in and things suddenly felt very different. Oh, yeah. Like I could see banners and stuff outside my neighbor's houses and horns were going on cars and little kids started following me around. I was like, whoa, (laughs) I'd been in a whole different place, you know, for the last week. But what they did is they had like a prelim show midweek so that so that the audience, the viewers at home could see who was going to be on the TV show. You know, don't forget this Saturday. It was a big deal, so but they, I just didn't see it. They almost knew, they knew, well, they knew they more knew than you. Me. Yeah, they, they, they knew me. They knew yeah. everything about me. They'd seen the show. They'd seen the edits, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I just yeah, literally yeah. turned up on the stage and did it. Uh, yeah. And um, and then it just went crazy. And I just remember this old lady, she, she followed me down an aisle. She must have been about 70 or 80 years old. And she just stopped me and she said, am I allowed to talk to you? <laughs> and I said, of course you are. She went, I just want to say, she said, we voted for you four times, but my other half is a bit old and he couldn't stay up all night. But when I woke him up this morning and told him, he nearly cried with happiness for you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's, what a love. That's magic. Yeah. And then Monday morning, I got a handwritten letter delivered to my mother's house, right? A handwritten letter, no postage, no nothing from my bank. And it said, Amber, we're so happy for you. We'd love for you to come in and have a yeah, chat with us yeah, about your yeah. options. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Funniest thing, I went in, had a chat with them. I was overdrawn and they were so happy for me. And they said to me, and basically they, they send you two lots of checks. The first one was like 27 grand and then you're going to receive it by courier at the end of the week. Then you get the balance the week afterwards. So within two weeks, you've got all that cash, 150 grand. And I went into the bank still having no money in there. And they said to me in there, I said, "Um, would you like some money? And I was like, "Uh, okay. They said three grand. And I was like, Okay, thank you. <laughs> they they put three grand in an envelope for me and I just walked out of my bank. And this was two days after they phoned me saying, you need to come and pay your debts, woman. Yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? And, our, I, and I just... How it changes. Yeah. The, yes. So I did like a pretty woman. I went around um, Curry's. I'll have one of them. <laughs> I'll have one of them. <laughs> it's like an Alan Partridge version of Pretty Woman. <laughs> yeah, it was so was. It was just so terrible. Anyway, yeah. So that's... I would say that going back to the question, when did it all start? Yeah. There have been like, um, I would say like milestones that have led up to that moment. But from that moment at 20 years old, I think things definitely changed. Things changed. And and I felt like um, when I look back at it now, I don't think I understood um, what was gifted to me. But but at the time, I knew that I could never go back. Like it was that way forward now. And so from that moment onwards, it was bands, gigs. I invested in equipment. I started working for a few agents and just things kind of snowballed. That's it. Yeah. And did you get much off the back of that performance? Well, I signed a record deal, um, but it wasn't, uh, it didn't go to plan because they they actually turned out to be con men. My my life is very colourful. <laughs> they actually turned out to be, you know, kind of uh, Scum, charlatans, basically. Yeah, bags. they saw that I was on telly. Yeah, they were from London. They yeah. they kind of preyed on me. I had no experience. I was very naive. Signed this deal. I invested thirty five thousand pounds of my own money yeah. into my own project, which was. This was before the music industry changed. Like now, you can do that. Yeah, you know, you can run your own career. Then exactly. people were 
needed A and R men and people yeah, needed exactly. the, you know the, the majors and it was not like it is now and after I made my final payment because by then I was supposed to be a big star of course. they just disappeared oh, yeah. Uh, yeah and then the BBC found me and they said we want to do we want to feature you on UK's Worst which was a series that Nick Knowles used to do um, UK's right. Worst manager or builder UK's Worst plumber all those kind of things and the last in the series was UK's Worst showbiz manager um, my story won the gong uh, and uh, because I was ripped off yeah. and they had nothing to say about it. They, they couldn't give me my money back or anything. No. But, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. you know, I, I didn't have that to start off with and I've learned a great deal from it. So For a small fee, I'll track them down. And Thank um... you. Thank you. <laughs> Last I hear... I, I hate scumbags. I yeah, hate scumbags. No, they they were right. really, really scummy. And they actually turned around and said, have you seen Amber? She's not fit to gig. What an asshole. Uh, I've been a wreath runner ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when so you you went to hold on college between eleven and eighteen, did you say? Yes, so, uh, eleven and eighteen. So where where were you living at the time? Was that that's was that a big commute or did you stay there or what was I, the deal? I was a boarder. So okay. I we lived in Emsworth. My dad was in the Navy and we were uh, my dad was kind of drafted over at HMS Dryad, which used to be um in Southwark. Uh, it's kind of gone now. But um so my family were here, always been around the Emsworth, Portsmouth kind of area. But this scholarship was for a school um, in Tring in Hertfordshire. Um, and so I became a boarder and I would come home like every three weekends. Okay. And then the older I got, the less I came home yeah. and just kind of hung out and I just found boys and booze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just doing my own thing. Yeah. And how was that? How did you get on with the boarding? And I loved it. Being away from your family. and I feel like... Um, a lot of us, a lot of my friends from the time, we said that was probably the time of our life. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, it just, I look back at it with nothing but fond memories. Yeah, like, you great. know, just like, just hanging out and making some of the best friends that I've ever made. And just some of the most incredible opportunities. I think because I was at a school that was, you know, designed to help creative people, yeah. you know, nurture their kind of talents exactly, and their skills. So, so it was it was a bit like being in fame all yeah. the time. You know, there was always music and drama and singing. Something going and on, yeah. Always something going on and just, you know, really kind of vibrant. So I loved it. But I was a poor kid there, which I think made me love it even more. Yeah, yeah. Some kids were like kind of sent there. All right, yeah. I, I won my place. Exactly. I was like, it. yeah. I'm, I'm deserved of this yeah, place. I'm, you know, I, I, mean? yeah, you know when, when I think back at it now, you know, I, I don't think I ever saw it like that, but. I think I just kind of grabbed it with both hands. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a fly on my Mac. Sorry, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was dead, but no, it's alive. Hold on. Okay. I, think, just... I think he might be dying. <laughs> At least it's not a bee. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you've got first-hand experience oh, of no, tell bees. Tell us about the bees, Carl. <laughs> no, no, no. I've been telling everyone because it's... I've, I've, I've just had... <laughs> no, no, no. I won't. No, 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 no I won't. <laughs> Folks, listen to me because I will. <laughs> i got two... I, I just had two of the biggest bees nests that a he's not an exterminator he's a he moves the bees to an, a separate property but he, he says there's a two he's been doing it for 25 years he reckons and they were the two of the biggest ones he's ever seen <laughs> i'm like that's just my luck <laughs> you know what i mean I, 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 i've got a mental image of you just running around the garden with i was to start bees, with like. yeah <laughs> <laughs> to start with i moved my shed and i was like well that doesn't look good Wait, let's go indoors <laughs> I think Maybe it's not good, but anyway, moving on. Let's I not, love bees. They're but awesome. Hum, I want to, I want to love bees, but they still remind me of wasps, and yeah, I hate wasps. wasps yeah. Jaspers, bastards. Yeah. I just hate wasps, them. But yeah, bees. But these were really—they got a bit shirty when I moved, <laughs> moved their home. 
as I probably would if someone suddenly stuck a shovel under my house and started. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, so uh, I got a pro guy out and it was good fun. But it's just been nothing. It's been bees. It's my life. Was he, for the last four days. Was he like all kind of suited and booted? Yeah, he did the proper doodah. He had some proper little smoky smoke and all that sort of stuff to did calm you, down. Did and... you watch that Clarkson's farm? Yeah, I've seen that. I've yeah. seen some yeah. of it. The episode where the bee guy came. It's still got up his like He wasn't even dressed. He was like, yeah. oh, it's fine. I get stung about oh, 20 times a day. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. But Clarkson was all dressed up and he still got up his, like, his trouser legs. Yeah, well, that's it. And actually, this guy who did these bees, he said he's been stung twice in his 25-year career. And both, and they crawled up his leg and stung him right in the groin. His... Not, not on his plums, oh, right, okay. but just on his side of his leg, like up there. And I'm like, that's a long old way to crawl. Yeah, but, do you, but do you think uh, they do you think they went up there in panic? Maybe. And then we're like, ah, get me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 because it would work. If you got stung near the plums, first oh. your trousers are coming off, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter where you are. I got stung. I got stung in the mouth when I was about four. Ooh. I was sat in my pushchair. Not my pushchair. I can't have been four. I must have been younger then. Um, I was sat in a pushchair. I know that much. And my Sit, mom probably singing like oh, yeah. flew oh. In. <laughs> Apparently, I was eating a nice lolly. Ah, and uh, and my, we were on the way home from the doctor's surgery or something. And uh, and a wasp got in and stung inside my mouth. They're buggers as well because they don't just sting once. They go. No. They go at you a few times. But you can have like long-lasting effects. From stings. Oh, people you? die from them. In or some, people have like skin conditions and stuff. Yeah, and, and anaphylactic noise. It's just Ooh. crazy. But it's like, yeah, it's not good. But then no. the thing is, it's just once you get, it's like everything that's happened since that has been just taking the piss out of me. My, do- <laughs> my daughter brought me a book to read her. And it's a book about bees. <laughs> and I'm just like, he's off with that. You're going to have that forever. That'll be your present. You know that, right? Yeah. yeah. I know. But anyway, moving on. There's a couple moving of bees on. over there. I spotted them earlier when I grabbed the guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're in the dog basket. Anyway. Actually, there's one over there he doesn't like. It's a new bee. You can take new. that. You can you can take that as a memory from All today. Right. All Wait, right. I'll get it for you. Okay. <laughs> oh, so what, what, what are you naming your new bee? Oh, look at him go. That's about the size of that's some of them. <laughs> there was like some of them. I was like, "That's not a my bee. Dog, that's a small bird." My dog only likes this one. <laughs> I, yeah, I can tell. There's one year which is immaculate, and um, and then there's another one which has been ravaged by time. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. God. So, what I what I want to know, what I want to know, is like, is it this whole singing ability that you have? Is it something? I don't want to insult because I had an artist friend who I said once had an, I'm so jealous, mate. You've got such a brilliant natural ability. And he got a bit shirty with me. He said, no, actually, mate, I've honed this from when I was a kid. You know what I mean? I've done a lot. I've put a lot of hours in drawing. I wasn't always this good at drawing, but now, you know what I mean? So, mm. so I think how much of yours is like, did you have the natural ability? You just natural or nature. Or, that's the one. Thank well, you. I think, I just I long-winded think, it. <laughs> I think that, well, I'll just be frank. I'll be honest with what I think about this. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. an opinion. But yeah. I think that a lot of it comes down to a natural like gift to start off with or perhaps um, displaying yeah. um, a kind of uh, natural kind of ability to do it. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> a natural ability. Yeah. Um, but I think with nurture, yeah. um, then it can become more than a hobby. That's it, do you yeah. see what I mean? Exactly. So... Your friend's absolutely right. You know, it does. It's not like they just went. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just really yeah, good, mate. Just, yeah. There's a lot of time, yeah, a lot of effort. And my, my parents obviously paid for things like singing lessons and piano lessons for me, and 
uh, you know, and I've put myself forward for things. I've learned, you know, to be thick skinned. I've learned yeah. to kind of really kind of, I don't know, um, it you know, kind of build myself up. But at the same time, I don't think it would have happened had I not shown a natural ability to yeah, be able okay. to do it. That's cool. That's cool. But, but it's like, cause it's, um, I'm trying to figure it out for someone who's, later in life and who really wants to be a singer and you know what i mean it's, ne it's never too late is it no i think that I've, okay, i i run a big choir i run a big community choir and um you've got a droop on haven't oh, you no. <laughs> i just know carl's getting quieter and quieter and quieter <laughs> and then i read the microphone's yeah. like you on the floor the microphone was in your plums <laughs> 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 right next to the B. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I run a big community choir, a big vocal group, um, and it is for people that just love singing. It's yeah. not necessarily for singers, okay. but it is for people that love singing. But um, a lot of people are a bit dubious about signing up or joining in because they say, oh, I can't sing. Yeah. I said, you know what? I think that everyone can sing, but there are two routes. One is, you know, you've got to find the right songs for your voice and the right area for your voice because okay. some people are good singers and their parents go on, oh, they're amazing, listen to them yeah. sing this song. And then they sing the song and they sound terrible, it. but it's the wrong song and yeah. it's the wrong area. And I think the other thing is, is you have to learn if you love to sing, to separate yourself from a professional perspective and someone who likes it as a hobby. I believe that tone sets yep. you apart okay. from people who can and just like to sing to people who could become artists. Okay. And is tone tone... Is that inherent or is that something you have I, to work I think on? tone I think tone is natural. Again, I think it's a bit of both. I think I think a lot of people are afraid. I try in my lessons to encourage people to discover their tone because I think a lot of copycat singing happens and you know, like especially now, young people um listen to a lot of other artists and they take on those mannerisms. Yes, and, yes I see and these it, on the you know, shows. But, yeah. but I think that's been around for years. You oh, know, yeah. people, you know, going back to things like Ella Fitzgerald and Frank Sinatra and you listen to Rat Pack singer style kind of things yeah. like Michael Bublé, they've learnt that from somewhere. But it's I think to be a serious artist is about discovering your natural tone. And once you've, you know, kind of accepted what your tone is, it's about, you know, developing that and making it stand out and, and kind of set you apart i think that's perfect that's exactly what i wanted to hear thanks very much so, <laughs> so do you do you want to come and do some stuff well, yeah, no because like, no, because we all have our favorites we all listen mm. to people who we idolize and adore and we go um um Aiden's smacking his Mac every now and again because the, <laughs> it's a fly. The fly is like you can't you can't let that fly on your Mac. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Don't let him on. It's, it's funny. It's, but it's um, funny. me off. Um, I'll give an example. Um, Maynard from mm. the band Tool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What an incredible yeah. vocalist singer. You know what I mean? Um, I'm never get, I'm never going to get there. I, I know deep deep down I'm never going to have that ability. I don't think I've got, he's got something natural there, hasn't he? He's got that. He's got what you're talking about tone. He's yeah. got this. He's got this mid. You know. The thing it's, is, sometimes it's people incredible what he does, and it's sometimes like, people have a tone that you don't even like. It's not yeah. like it doesn't necessarily mean oh they have a great tone. They're going to make it. Some people's tones yeah. are quite you know uh, an acquired kind of yeah. taste. Well, you look at someone like Nick Cave. Yeah, and someone like Bjork and Bjork, people like that, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and Tom York and yeah, people that yeah. have those really kind of, I mean, like even Sting, yeah. right? When we teach, you know, our students quite a bit of like the police stuff and stuff, 
if you just isolated his vocal, he wouldn't make it past any boot camp Is or anything right? now. They wouldn't because right? it's like in your face and you yeah. think, oh, God, I don't want to listen to that. But at the time, yeah. at that tone was, and, and the combination of the music, it was what people wanted to hear. So I think that not every tone is everyone's cup of tea, but if you have something really identifiable, you should nurture it because it's going to fit a box. It's yeah. going to fit somewhere. And I think nowadays with the how much easier it is to get music out there and yeah. how much easier it is to access, maybe are you, are you basically saying go your own way? Don't um, try and be someone else. Just yeah. go your own way. Go your own way. Find yeah. your niche, and you know, and and like you say, with with music and being able to self release and it being so accessible, you know, there are pockets of people yeah. in the world that love that, you yeah. know, that yeah. will appreciate it, and you just got to find them. That's it. That's it. Mm. And the thick skin helps as well. It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Because <laughs> yeah, because people are mean nowadays. Yeah, oh, I, it's you know, easy to be mean. Isn't it? it's it's easy to it be is mean. easy to be mean. Bastards. Best. Um, but you know, I think if you ultimately, if you love what you do, um, then yeah. it doesn't matter about anybody else. You know, if if you end up making music that makes you happy, yeah, um, then screw everybody else. Exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. So all you beginners out there, Carl. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carl's, Carl's currently writing his own album. Yeah. Well, so am I. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. There we go. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. And it's um, it's taken me a long, long time, but um, it's the hardest part is melodies. I'm good with. I, I struggle with vocal content hmm. because because I'm a bit of a goof. You know what I mean? And I've been in goofy goofy bands, but I don't mind that. So I'm happy. Yeah. To, you know, good, I'm happy to go down that route. But sometimes I doubt myself and all that. But the singing is the hardest part. Do you know what? Right. And I that, have I have sung on so many songs and been in so many bands. I have demoed loads of things. I've been a session backing singer, but nothing is as terrifying as committing yourself to your own music. Like I have done that all of my adult life. And now I've come to like, you know, about 38 when I started working on my own stuff and actually having the courage to show other people that because I've done other people's stuff all of my life. That's it. It is honestly the most terrifying thing. And Mm. I had to really get myself over that barrier of, is this any good? I don't understand because I love it. And yeah, then well, I'd wake up and I'd go, actually, I think this might be shit. <laughs> I was like, exactly oh, it. I don't know. Is yeah. this too catchy? Is it too cheesy? What, what, am I using these lyrics? Or actually, no, I should probably be a bit more clever. And I just woke up. I was like, do you know what? Just say what you want to say. Yeah. Sing what you want to sing and everything will fall into place. And yeah. then suddenly I did a song on the piano and I just put it on Facebook. Yeah. And then people were like, literally like just went oh my god it feels like you've written about me and I was like oh okay (laughs) somebody else said I'm going to put you forward for So Far Sounds and then I ended up suddenly So Far Sounds turned into a gig in New York brilliant with my stuff yeah and I was like I don't give a fuck what anyone else says now I'm going to do this shit because someone somewhere likes it this is it (laughs) <laughs> that is the that is the attitude. Yeah. That is the perfect attitude. And now I've got too many bleeding songs. <laughs> and I'm just trying to put it all together on an album. Yeah, yeah that's it. Oh, that's, oh, that's what I suffer from. I suffer from like 30 riffs in one song. Yeah. So I've got too many ideas and I'm like, no, come on. Most songs are just like two riffs. Really prog. <laughs> oh, really yeah, it's prog. like yeah, every song's 18 and a half minutes long. And uh, anyway, no, no, it's good. But, um, <laughs> I yeah. actually feel I've actually sent a couple of messages out this week. I actually, I'm going to be really bold and say this because this is accountability now. Right, I think this week I wrote the best song I've ever I've ever written. Brilliant. <sighs> yeah. Are we going to get an insight into what that song's called or anything? It so is, we get to check this out. What's it going to be called? Um, it's called the Righteous. The Righteous. It's called Righteous. Right. Actually, I quite like Righteous. Righteous. Just there. Yeah, and it sounds kind of dirty blues Americana kind of. It sounds like to me 
needs to be on a soundtrack to like a True yes. Blood kind of style program. I'm just, I'm really bigging it up. No, it's it's really cool. I want to hear it. I'll, I'll play you a little snippet if you like. Yeah. Well, I recorded my, my own little demo upstairs. Yeah. Right. So this is literally just an impression, shall we say. Okay. Okay. An impression. Sure. This is an exclusive. <laughs> it's exclusive. Let me just, oh, actually, I sent it to my friend today. Um, here we go. So I just sent him a little sneak peek. I said, I haven't put a chorus down yet. I've just started my my verses, but I have written the chorus, I just haven't recorded it. So this is a little sneak peek. Anyway, that's as far as I've got. Yes. <laughs> when you need a drummer, I will learn the drums <laughs> to play that beat. That beat's well, cool. Do, do you know what? Right, I was, I was, I had a kind of like idea in my head, and I was driving home, and I always get my ideas when I'm driving, and so I just put on my kind of voice note thing on my yeah, phone, and I'm going, mm-hmm. and I was like, I want it to be dirty and in your face. <laughs> I came home, and I was like, I actually stole ooh, I'm just letting people know this I stole um, a drum beat from YouTube just because I could find one that yeah, kind of yeah, fit that's it, it. That's what and, I I, and I put it yeah I put it in and then I started recording over it and I thought actually I'm just going to put a loop on so I just found a loop like yeah. on GarageBand or whatever yeah. and I was like that's kind of cool and then so it's just an impression I like to do demos as an impression that's and then it. I take them to the band and I'm like dudes we need to get this going are you a um, the guys from Rush, the band Rush. They... Oh, it's my husband's favourite band. Oh, in the well, world. there you go. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, he... Oh, yeah. Look at that. Was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been seeing them. I, I, I'm a good girlfriend at the time. He will... <laughs> <laughs> talking about weird tones, then. Vocal yeah. Tones. yeah. Very, very shrill. That's it. But he works on a tune until people physically drag him away from it. Yeah. Is that you or? Um. Do you know what? I think previously, because I used to work to brief. I used to work you know, people would send me through a brief, uh, okay. a songwriting brief. So yeah. it would be very, very, oh God, I actually know this. I need to listen to more pop. I need to listen to more this and get it down. When it comes to my stuff, I'm much more kind of um, liberal. I'll just, I'll go with what feels right. Yeah, and then if right I need to time. tweak it and change it along the way, then I'm just not precious. I'll be like, okay, I'll change it around. Yeah. But um, I try to go with my gut. And then and if my gut says something, then I'll go with it. I'll lay it down. And like I say, if it gets tweaked, it gets tweaked. But, I'm not too precious. I, I really love um, melodies. Yeah. I, I love I love working me- melodies at first. Lyrics usually come second for me, um, but all of my music has. Uh, I've got a demo of me playing it at some point, and then I see either just piano or it's just layered up vocals yeah. or it's a stolen you know kind of drum loop that's just given me the impression. Gives you, gives you an ins- yeah. a bit of inspiration. Side exactly. Of yeah. And all that. Yeah. But. Uh, I don't work on them too much. Sometimes I leave them for a while. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I left one for a year. I finished I finished two songs in lockdown because I finally had time. <laughs> and and I was like, actually, you've got to make time because this is that's, great, you know? That is true. That's, yeah. That is. Yeah, I've got to make time. That is the one. It's yeah. the hard thing. You know um, what I mean? And even if it's like I've got friends at work who are older now and they're 
played guitar when they were younger and they're revisiting mm. and they're like, oh, I just don't pick it up. I don't pick it up. And I'm like, five minutes a day. Yeah. Everyone's got five minutes a day. Just mm. before you, everyone, you brush your teeth, just yeah. go and play guitar for five minutes. Yeah. And then the second you do something good, put it down. But I think you've got to love I mean, it. You have got to love it. You I have think, got to I really think sometimes want people yes. want to do something, yeah. but unless there is a burning desire exactly. inside you, like I, as a songwriter, don't always get a burning desire to write a song. Yeah. But sometimes something comes over me. Like then I was in the car and I just had this idea and it just kind of, that whole first verse and everything. And by the way, for the record, anyone listening, when I say it's the best song I've ever written, I'm not saying it's the best bleeding song ever. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying for me, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. when you have like a route of progression and, your, and you evolve as an artist. Yeah. It's your little favourite child. It's, it's, it's my favourite child at the moment. It's my it's the dark, twisted child in the corner. Because um, everything else is quite soulful and R&B and, you know, and then this one kind of came along and I was yeah, like, yeah, this feels like a rebirth. Yeah. But um. There's a show I used to watch on Netflix, Preach, The Preacher. Oh, yeah. That's got a vibe. Yeah. That would work Do you know in that what I mean? Show. Uh, you know what I mean? There's like, um, what's that one? I, I love True Blood, The yeah. Preacher. There was um, Pretty Little Lies, all those things. Yeah. It's a very American vibe. It is, yeah. Um, it's cool. It's cool. But yeah, I just, but sometimes I get an urge to, if, if it's there in my head, I cannot think about anything else. And I, I came straight home down. and I was like, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm going in here, you know. So I went in and I... I was late to the other thing I had to do because I just had to get that little that little bit cool. down. And now I can't get it out of my head. And yeah. all I want to do is finish it. That's good. So, But sometimes you don't feel that. No, true. I'm just... Um, what about you guys? Songwriting? Yeah. I've, I've, You're, you, you do... You dabble. You do, he does so much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he is literally keep, a virtuoso. I cannot <laughs> keep up with Mr. A, I tell you. He does so much. And like um, we've, we've been chatting on the car on the way here and things have been happening to you. But yeah. you know what I mean? It's, have you got anything you want to... Um, I think maybe... Well, all my songwriting tends to happen on a piano with the stuff that we do. With the Caroline mm. stuff. I don't, know, I don't know whether it's harder to write stuff on bass. I know because I'm not really a singer as well. I do feel like um, I can only take it so far. And then, unless it's an instrumental track, then I'm going to say, okay, well, I've got this much and I need to name yeah. that, that but you've got over. you've got so much melody in your hands of the keys. You yeah. know what I mean? Is it, is it just... Could you not transpose that to a voice or would you just... Space. I just yeah. don't want to hear my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> the, funny thing, the funny thing is, though, I do feel limited. I do play the piano, but that song isn't like a lovely piano song. I could hear in my head thumping drums and yeah. driving bass on a dirty organs. Dirty, but the, dirty. the advantage that I have is that I can layer up harmony. Mm. So I can give an impression of what I want. And actually most of my music is based around the vocals and harmonies and stuff. So actually that is my instrument. I see. I can build a lot from that, but it must be frustrating though. I think if you're an amazing musician and you have ideas, but you don't. Well, people tell me I can sing. I mean, you've told yeah. me I can yeah, sing. Yeah, you can sing. I've yeah, seen you sing. I've seen you sing. Yeah. I've seen you do the backing with the Paramore or less stuff. Yeah, that's that, right. Which is cool. Oh yeah. I just, I just, it doesn't come, it doesn't come as quickly and as naturally to me. Yeah. So if I'm sat down in front of Logic and I'm recording something, I can put in the drums and the when bass you're... and the guitar, and then that bit is just a bit too much effort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we're all when you're driving your cars, everyone be honest now. When you yeah. drive in your car, you mm. sing. When you drive in your car, you yeah. sing along to everything. That's oh, on the everything. Radio. everything. I, in fact, somebody saw me doing it the other day, and then... yeah, I get caught all the time. You know what I mean? I sing along to everything. It's terrible. It's weird. I love it. Yeah. But do you, do you do that? Or... But then again, we, what we listen to on the way here. We'll listen to some heavy shit. What were, you listen, yeah. what were you listening to? Um, the Sword, Baroness. Yeah, Red Fang. Red Fang. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't know these. I'm no, like, I'm obviously, I led a very short time. I can't, life. yeah. No, no, good Yeah, good, good you to sing along to that in your car. Yeah. Oh, to, be, to be honest, when I'm, in, when I'm in the car, it's my, it's almost my, because everything, my whole working life is it's noisy. music, is being yeah. in music. 
I'm just, that's my time. That's when I have podcasts, and that's when I. Yeah. It's always like talk radio, just yeah. to kind oh, of reset my brain. Enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did <laughs> yeah. ask you. I was going to ask you now. I did ask Aidan on the way here. Yeah. Because he's so involved, heavily involved in music, and yeah. I haven't been heavily involved in music for many years now. Um, but I'm like, I said, I said, asked him if he gets bored ever. You know what I mean? Because he's. What about yourself? Do you, um, do you ever think, oh, could I just need a break from this, or do you? adore it no I, I definitely have felt like I needed a break yeah. but I also felt like I was just given one fat break <laughs> literally everyone was yeah I know yeah. I feel whether, refreshed whether we wanted it or not yeah no I am um, I definitely have I have experienced moments especially when I'm in covers bands you know because it's our bread and butter and it yeah. is our bread and butter and I'm very very appreciative of all the opportunities that have come but there have been you know maybe just one too many weddings where I've kind of just sat there and thought, is this my life? <laughs> is this another wedding dress I see before me? Is this another cold roast dinner? You know, it oh just, my God, it, not another hog roast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and actually, I had to slap myself a bit because we used to like get in a van and spend four hours traveling up to Bleeding Wales. There was never any well-paid gigs in Hampshire, by the way. Yeah. Why does that not exist? Yeah. It's all the, all the Midlands, yeah. they're the ones with the money, right? And, and honestly, we used to travel all around the country and it did get, I mean, I was doing it for about 15 years and, and it was nice being with my friends and certain members of my yeah, family and doing it. But I had to psych myself up to get back into that car for another four hours yeah. to sit snoozing in a pillow to do another wedding and I I really value my job and I'm really lucky but I couldn't shake myself out of that negativity yeah and then I'd get there we'd have a blinding gig we'd have a right old laugh on the way home and I'd almost give myself like a virtual slap just saying shut up woman you know, it's a great... You could be cleaning fucking toilets. Exactly. could be packing Xboxes you could be on packing a pallet or something. And, you know? But so, yeah. there have been moments where I have craved normality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then I, I pushed myself with my original music and it actually reinvigorated my love so, for other gigs because I was getting another outlet. I was being creative in another way and excited it. about it. So actually it offered me a bit of everything. That's it. Because I've been in a few covers bands and you do get the guys who come up and compliment you and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And it's such a hard compliment to take because in the, my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, all I've done is learn someone else's stuff. You know what I mean? But You need a- to break yourself out of that. Well, maybe, yeah. Yeah, like- that, that was one of the most important things I learned. When yeah. a, a much more advanced singer um, years ago than me, who I used to really look up to, she complimented me. And I said, oh, no, no, no. She went, you can stop that stop right that away. Really, yeah. She said, when somebody pays you a compliment, That's you say, it. thank you very much. Exactly, yeah. That's and it. ever since I've done that, and yeah. you obviously don't go, oh, thanks, yeah. I know. I used to. I did, <laughs> you, know, I did. you just say, thank you so much, I've loved tonight. That's it. And it makes all the difference. Receive it and then deflect. I always just do that. Are you a bass player? Just to go, thanks very yeah, much. That's Are you a bass exactly, player? Just, exactly. And then get them talking about themselves oh. and... It's, yeah, but that's, that's cool. it. That's, that's it. That's my thing. I'll turn yeah. around and I'll say, oh, thank you so much. I've yeah. really enjoyed today. You guys have been amazing. And then it's back at them and they, you know, everything's reciprocated. It. It's lovely. It. That's a good feeling. Yeah. Good feeling. But it is hard yeah. to accept praise <laughs> when you don't always feel that great yourself. That's it. I think you have to really train your brain. Hey, you mentioned a little while ago that you've sung in a lot of different places with a lot yeah. of different people. Is it rude of me to ask to, for you to drop some names? Or No, it's, it's all good. I, I, yeah. I feel privileged to have done those things. Um, so I guess the two biggest things that I've done that um, are super memorable are I got to record um, with my sister on Boy George's first solo album, That's which was really cool. That's very and cool. And then what was even cooler was that that turned into a, a European promo tour. 
Um, and he was he was doing a promo tour. We obviously didn't do all of that, but it was just literally a right place, right time thing yeah. because it, it all came about because we were in our originals band, then myself and my sister and some friends of ours. We ended up uh, joining forces with another signed artist playing at the Jazz Cafe. Really, really cool gig. Brilliant. Um, meeting a saxophonist there who was in this other band. And he was currently playing for Boy George and Culture Club. And we ended up being friends. And George and him were having a, like a, a Twitter conversation. Um, and my sister piped in, you know, like kind of <laughs> afterwards, like, oh, you know, you ever need a vocalist? <laughs> uh-huh, and he know. sent her a, a message back publicly saying something like, oh, is that your natural hair color? Like this. And what had happened was obviously where like Boy George knew James, who was a saxophonist player, who knew Lini, he could see there was a little link. He just said, oh, who's this girl? You know, it was, oh, they're great singers, you know, kind of thing. And, and it just kind of came like that. And then before you knew it, um, Lini was up doing, uh, my sister Lini was up doing uh, a vocal for him for a dance track. Very, very weird. You know, arrived at Waterloo, came and met her in his kind of like duffel coat. Yeah, and yeah. Took her back, recorded the track, had a great time, came home. Nothing else happened. The track went out and it was all good. And then uh, a few years later, uh, he decided to release his first solo album. And he had some great singers that he always used. He's got two fantastic vocalists that go with him all the time. And um, he had a lot of these singers on the track. And he said, you know what? I just really need some blue-eyed soul. He said, I just need, you know, so because the girls were like, you know, great singers from yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. like kind of more kind of gospel edge stuff. Right, and right. they were in Basement Jacks and they were really kind of cool. So I just need some like blue-eyed soul. And his producer went, oh, what about that girl? I know she's got a singing sister. He was like, what girl? Um, you know, and then <laughs> jogged his memory. Yeah, yeah. He, within a few, you know, hours, the session was booked. Me and my sister went up um, and worked with his producer, um, Kevin Frost, um, on three tracks for his album. He wasn't there, but he phoned him and said, it's going really, really well. We could hear him talking and the tracks were great. And uh, I probably should have sent you them, actually. (laughs) I I probably should have sent you them. Um, But uh, yeah, and then, then it was released and that was released in 2013, 2014, 2013. And it was really cool. And yeah. we were able to chat about it in early 2014, only like, you know, a couple of months after my sister had had a, her first baby, we got a call saying, girls, are you free next week to do some promo work with Boy George? And we said, yes. <laughs> anyway, great, because it's in Paris. Oh, and so all right. I was like, oh. and again, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not shy in saying this, but we were completely broke. We were like, they were like, it's all right, your ticket's paid for, this is done. Yeah. My husband like lent us some money so that we could go over. And we were paid well. It was it was a really nice gig, but we had one rehearsal and they sent us through the tracks with our vocal stems kind of like a bit louder than the, the mix so I could hear. Oh, okay, I was taking cool. on alto, my sister was going soprano. We were like, okay, cool. We literally just kind of went up and we always have this way of kind of just sitting there like, oh yeah, yeah, we're cool. We're, you know, we totally caught this, cool. But inside we're like, oh, Oh my god, I can't believe what's happening. <laughs> and yeah, so we rehearsed once and then the following week we were on the Eurostar and we were with the whole band going over to do some TV promo work and up he walks. You know, it's the first time I've seen him. He's obviously in first class, and yeah. then he just walked through the carriages with all the muggles, all the normal people, and just sat next to us and went, All right, girls, you know, I've, I've not had a chance to meet you properly yet and yeah. have a chat. He was, a good, um, he was a diamond geezer. He was just the nicest guy. Oh, and then brilliant. we went off and did these TV shows. And it was the first time I've ever 
experienced what it must be like to be crazy famous because yeah. we were with him and everywhere he went, you know, it was like Carnage. we had to go out a back door yeah. or something. And it's like, no, 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 you know, didn't want to do photographs and all this kind of just literally it was just incessant. It was just all the time. Yeah. But you know, like we got back to our first hotel and me and my sister who were used to slumming it in a travel lodge, you know, sharing a sharing a bed, that kind of thing, or sleeping in the car. And we got to the um the hotel and he said uh, we got to the to the desk and they said, oh, you know, names. And we said, oh, Tremaine. And she was like, okay, one for you, one for you. And we went, oh, are we not together? They went, no, no, you've got your own rooms. And I, I looked at my sister was like, ah, yes, mate. There's like, no more sharing a bed. But yeah, we did, we did some great gigs with him. The album was brilliant. And it is it's one of my most kind of career defining moments. And we did this TV show, which is like the equivalent of Jules Holland. Right, yeah. um, over there called Tarasata and it was a big crowd and yeah, I'll send you some links afterwards it was yeah, really good fun yeah, yeah, yeah. and then my Eva Cassidy moment uh, which is uh, I I sang backing vocals on the late Eva Cassidy's album and we did two tracks and there was no guarantee that any of the songs would get used because they're very very um, you know kind of tight tightly guarded around her estate and her music there's no other backing singers on her stuff and it was the last album they had of hers of unreleased material. So they remastered it, got some fresh kind of takes on some of the tracks. One of the songs made the album, which was Chain of Falls. And um, yeah, so I was, when I'd won that TV show, like when I was young, yeah. I sang an Eva Cassidy song. Oh, yeah. So I felt like there was this okay. super connection. I forgot to ask you what you yeah, sang. Yeah, I sang Over, Over the yeah. Rainbow, her okay. version of Over the Rainbow. Um, and when we got that opportunity, which was literally just, you know, you meet the right people and you just chat and then they suggest you for things. That's how that came about. And um, and I remember after the album, after we recorded it, I got a phone call from um, the guy in charge and he said, oh, what's your address? We're going to send you something. And I wasn't in. So it went to the post office and I picked up the post office gift. The first one I got was just like a CD and I opened it up and it said advanced listening copy. And check everything. And it yeah, had, it's got a big write-up of us in it. And I just sat in my car and cried. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God. And then that arrived. Yeah. Me and my sister both got one. We're looking at, I'm currently looking at, it's behind me. It's so. a gold disc. It's a gold disc. Yeah. I think, that, I mean, I think there's more out there. I, I was told, I was told, um, you know, for every however many copies, you know, and that was just in the UK. Yeah. That was just here when it came out. I know that it was huge in America. And, and you know, America's a big place. Yeah. So, I think if I looked into it, there might be some more things out there. But just having that is literally, it just, it feels like everything came full circle. Yeah. And, brilliant. you know, and if I never do anything else in my life, yeah. I've got that. That's it. So it's like, you know, that, that's thing. cool. It's that's a very, cool. it's a wonderful thing. It is. I smashed it. <laughs> I've smashed it. I've dropped it and smashed well, it. On the way. But um, <laughs> I've smashed it. I really look after it. <laughs> But um, but it's still it's still intact. So <laughs> I need so to just get how did the recording work then? Because it was okay posthumously. Is that well? Right? We um, she obviously had recorded the stuff. They had the stems, and um, me and my sister went into this. We were working with a producer at the time. Um, where were we? Uh, oh, somewhere in London. I don't know. Um, and we uh, we've been working in this kind of little back studio. This guy just created his own shed kind of studio, and um. We went in to do the session that day and we had a broken pair of cans. It was, it, it, oh, hello, my bottle of beer. All right, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had, um, we had one 
ear each because uh. they were broken. <laughs> and we were sat in this like really dusty cobwebby shed with a broken bike and, you know, like a, a holy skylight. Yeah. And just with a, you know, a mic in it. And we used to do all of our vocals together. So it, we would either just save double oh, so tracking. Not, not single takes. It was no. Just... We, wow. we, for the whole of our recording, like kind of life, and we've been, we're still in, you know, recording set up now. Yeah, yeah. We do some really cool stuff for Spotify and, and, you know, some other bits and pieces. But whenever we record, whenever we do group vocals, whenever we do harmonies, we just go together. Go together. That's amazing. Um, and it, it was really good because our tones and our kind of timbres kind of, melt together they sound very similar but when you put them together it's, it's a nice little mix and so just to save time save save effort save money we would literally go in do the outer part go and do the mezzo part go and do soprano part um and then just kind of bulk it out and we literally had a headphone each and i remember it was like a a really early like kind of a sunny morning and there was a bit of light coming through this kind of broken skylight into this dusty kind of room and all we could hear was just Eva Cassidy's isolated vocal knowing that she'd passed away in 1996 and it was just like we just looked at each other and we're like oh my god (laughs) you know we couldn't believe it and we sang our bits and then what they did is they were they kept most of the recordings especially of her and and her playing but I think they remastered um some of the other parts like Chain of Fools the, the track that we're on it on there has been um kind of replayed by horn players, bass players, that kind of stuff. And they've used her vocal um, and enhanced it with us. So it's a more modern kind of sound, um, but it was just ridiculous. The fact that she's no longer here is insane anyway. Um, And the fact that she's just such an iconic vocalist, but to be listening to that isolated vocal, to be singing on it, then to be told you're very lucky girls, you know, they don't let anybody else sing on these tracks and your tracks made the album. From from a, a, li- a live phone call from Washington, yeah. that was. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I just feel like she's watching me a little bit. That's great. So, I, mean, I don't know why. Yeah. She's, I don't know. Just it's, kind like, of, it's, you know. it's almost a full circle. It does. You know what I mean? Yeah, it feels like I'm forever like, connected in some way. It's amazing that you, you, know, you did that first thing, your first It launched. Break, yeah, it launched this, everything. To, to have that opportunity. That's amazing. What, yeah. a, what a way to go. That's amazing. Yeah. Should we... Uh, should we put it? Should we put it on? Should we have a listen? Yes, please. Well, you can put it on let's if you want it. it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. What a tune. What a tune. Did I, I think I used tune last week as well. But <laughs> that's great. <laughs> well, we, were, I, we were talking while it was playing. Yeah. And we were talking, I was reminding you before, but like the full circle of it is brilliant. Yeah. The And then also while we were talking, we were talking about how she, give me that story, how she recorded it. Yeah, so she, this was recorded in the early 90s in like Washington or wherever it was that she yeah. was based. In the States, whatever. In the States. And then, um, you know, it's just her. Um, I actually think that these ones might have been studio recordings that just weren't finished and she probably would have ended up doing her own BVs or getting somebody in but they were just stems they were just literally songs that just never released and then fast forward like you know 17 or 18 years later and me and my sister are still in a broken you know broken old shack of a shed (laughs) next to a bike yeah with dodgy headphones on next to a 
bike and some cobwebs and you know a, a kind of hole in the skylight just hearing her singing and her isolated vocals and you know there was no guarantee that we would make the album but when we did we felt very privileged oh, so brilliant yeah what a story yeah i sound so young i sound so like <laughs> i was just saying you know what? like earlier on when we talked about tone yeah i don't think i think then at that point we were backing singers all right whereas i think since then i've learned so much about my voice and yeah. where you can take it and embracing my tone so and also more control. Yeah. But what, what I was going to say, what about, um, um, what's, the, what's the correct word? Um, like slowly over, overuse? Would you get oh, would, uh, oh, yeah. damage? Is the word there, I'm there, looking for? There is definite like, um, I, I know that I have quite a husky speaking voice now. And thankfully my singing voice has never really been affected. But my the use of my speaking voice is very damaged because of teaching. Mm. And like elevating your voice and running a choir and doing all those kind of things. You do... You do get a lot of use out of it. And also with age, you know, yeah. your voices change and yeah. drop a little bit. But I think the reason why my singing voice is still um, okay is because it's active all the time. Okay. You know, so I think people do, they do get older and they get less out there and it, and it can become a problem. And then yeah. you end up with vocal health problems. But, you know, I, I stay very vocally active, but my speaking voice is knackered, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's knackered. <laughs> Do you want to touch on the teaching? Yeah. Can, can we talk? Do you want to touch? Don't use touch and yeah, teaching don't, in the same sentence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't use Do you both, want both to touch your teachers? Both you, we had like red, red alert. Words. Use the proper words. <laughs> well, I, actually, a faux pas on my part. Uh, when I was teaching my kind of vocal group once, they're all young you know, kind of early teens. Um, I had another singing teacher come in who was shadowing me. And <laughs> I don't know why, but I I used to say, like, I used to say, like, bring in the R's, as in, like, ah, oh. you know. And I literally, it was her first day there, and I shouted out, bang it in the R's. And, <laughs> and she, none of the kids what? clocked. They literally didn't <laughs> clock. They were just like, Ah, and I just looked at her, and she was dying with laughter in the back. She's like, "Don't, look at, me, don't said, look at me! It's coming she out. said, don't "It's been the best day ever." You yeah. literally told those kids to bang it in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! But teaching, yeah, I love it. It's, it's great. Um, yeah, something I think that a lot of musicians fall into. Um, and actually now it's so different now to what it used to be, say, twenty years ago, when people used to be like, "Oh, you know, you either make it or you teach." You know, kind of oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, and it used yeah. to be a, a real stigma. I yeah. think a lot of it, um, you know, I think now it's like a given that a lot of musicians are also teachers or, yeah. you know, mentors or private tutors, that yeah. kind of stuff. Because after it's, all, it's, it's a skill. <laughs> yeah, and after all, there's people who want to learn. And well. I found that the way that the teaching system has changed, obviously they withdrew a lot of, you know, kind of um, early education, um, music provisionary music classes from schools what what they found was is that people still needed it so they started looking at experienced musicians as opposed to teachers because you know I, I know firsthand that there are teachers that teach music because they might have a degree in English you know and they don't want to be music teachers and that's why it gets quite boring so that's why schools were like actually we need an after school club we need a choir yeah. we need a rock thing you yeah. know we need, and then suddenly things like Glee came out and the X Factor, and kids did not want to sit there and learn Canon and D anymore. <laughs> they wanted to learn, you know, Robbie and, you know, wanted, yeah, yeah, Britney, and they wanted to learn Wonderwall yeah. on the guitar. And so, you know, I think that 
I would say in the last 15 years, the majority of the musicians I know have become some sort of teacher or lecturer. It's something I fell into, but I just love it. Yeah. I, I feel like it's another, another show. You know, you, you do, you walk into a classroom and I don't see that as like a right, get your pens out. It's yeah. like, this is a performance of your life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 Let's yeah, yeah. go. <laughs> and I don't know, I've, I've just always had that. And I think, you know, I've done a lot of teaching secondary school and then I started teaching at Water Bear with Aiden. And um, yeah, I was there from the beginning when it was like a, a a room that just had tape markings on saying, oh, we're going to- Yeah, I've it. seen that video. Yeah, it's so weird, yeah, I, I went up there. I just literally happened to stumble upon our bosses um, delivering a like music um, kind of a talk at yeah. the Guildhall. And I was just blown away by their energy. Like Bruce and Adam, I was just like, wow, these guys are cool. I had no idea who they were, what they were doing. I went up and I said, I can't stay for the whole thing. I said, but I just want to leave you this. And it was um, a project that I'd run with some young people called Breaking Through. And I oh. got some um, Arts Council funding um, to run an artist development program with some kids. We identified six kids that had, I say kids, teenagers, you know, um, who had some real talent in writing. We took them from, you know, writing to demo to recording to EP launch. And it was really cool. Wrote the whole thing up, made a brochure, made a CD. And then I just happened to have it. And I was like, Do you know what? I'm going to leave it with these guys because yeah, yeah. I like what they do. And yeah, they might exactly. like what I do. Then literally the next day, Bruce phoned me and said, hi, I love your stuff. It was passed on to me. Do you want to come for a meeting? So I went up and had a meeting with him, had a coffee and I walked out with a job. <laughs> and he literally, and then a week later I walked out taking on the master's degree as well. I was like, what am I doing? Yeah, he, has a, he has a habit of doing it. He does, he? doesn't he? He's very persuasive. He's, he's a good talker. He's a he's great a talker. talker. But it, it was so worth it. And um, yeah, I remember he showed me around the building and it was just literally a unit, um, you know, office unit yeah. with some tape on the floor that would mark out that production room in this area i saw it first with the walls up and then i watched the video afterwards where it was just one massive mm. room with the yeah, it looked like like kind of like crime scene it wasn't it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't no covid related tape this is prior, no. this is prior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes you realize actually how much personality they have actually managed to mm. inject in it because then it was just a shell to start and then when you walk into the reception alone yeah. uh, you just none of that was there you know yeah. it was literally it was um Megan, Bruce and Adam sat around a small desk with three laptops just <laughs> deciding what to do. And he took me over to Mojo's, over to the coffee place oh, yeah. and had a coffee and I walked out with a job and my mum, I dropped my mum off to my sisters who live around the corner at the time. And she was like, how was it? I said, yeah, I just went off at a job. <laughs> and um, at, the, at that time, I'd worked in mainly secondary schools. Um, I dabbled a bit with, um, you know, kind of further education, a bit of college stuff but taking on degree students that could be my age, you know, that could be you yeah. know, a bit younger. Um, daunting? Very daunting. Yeah. And I, I, I really had imposter syndrome for a long time. I was like, I don't know if if any moment now they're going to just turn around and go, do you know what? We've just discovered that you're rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't think you've got this. And it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And they've been very nurturing. And, um, you know, for someone who doesn't live in the area, I mean, it's, this is in Brighton and I live in Portsmouth and I commute. I think they have to put a lot of trust in those who come yeah. further afield, but that's because they want those people. Yeah. And I do feel really valued. That's and, good. And it's just grown and grown and I love the students. It must be a tricky, I'm trying to think of the right phrase. It's like walking that line between humility and arrogance. You have to be fairly confident to be well, in that yeah, role, you know, but you don't yeah. want to be seen as a... And also you have ah. to you have to inspire confidence. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, through all of my kind of teaching career, I, I learned very quickly that sometimes you're going to work with people that are reluctant 
you know, in in more more cases than not, in my situation, in schools especially, some of those kids don't want to be there. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're working in you're working yeah. in you know, kind of like GCSE music, or you're helping out with this. Sometimes you get great experiences where they volunteer their time to come to an after school club, and it's great. Yeah. Other times you, you've been employed to help them through syllabus and they don't want to do it no. or they choose music to get out of classes. It's how you turn that on its head and you yeah. do you do end up with some kids that don't want to do it. But I learned very quickly that if they're not that interested, you need to wow the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you need to make them yeah. go, oh, you know, and, and I feel like that is where being a performer really comes in handy. This is yeah. This is not your average teacher sitting at the classroom going, oh my God, I can't believe they're going to make me teach them a song today i don't like singing it's, it's all about confidence yeah. and i think if you can get up and you can you know share a bit of yourself to the most confident that you can be then you've got them exactly. you know they, they, yeah. they either want to be there to do it or be there to watch you yeah. and that's what you have to do and the moment we got into water bear i mean some of those students are way more advanced than i am or some yeah but some talented kids just though. you know well, kids is one word yeah <laughs> yeah well they are compared to me basically i'm an old lady but they just you know like some of them their production skills their theory knowledge it's, um their 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 artistry is just like beyond accessibility my ears. you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's they've just got ultimate accessibility nowadays hmm. it's if they don't know something they bloody youtube it yeah, you know I mean? yeah. see yeah. i remember right i remember being about 19 years old and sitting in my flat, just, uh, it sounds really dramatic, but I was obviously having a very hormonal moment, just crying because I did not know how to get myself out there. Yeah. I did not know what to do. I was like, what do I do now? Well, actually, no, I think I was a bit older. I think it was after the TV show yeah. because I was given the opportunity and it was great, but it, it goes quick. Yeah, I can you imagine. You know, your 15 yeah. minutes of fame dies down really, yeah. really quickly. It's what you do with it afterwards. It. And, and I'm lucky that I kind of ploughed on, but... There was a moment in my life, a really dark time, when I just would sit there and I'd think, I don't know if anyone's ever going to hear me. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Now, like you say, you could be like, do you know what? I'm going to just put a demo out. Yeah. Or do you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to register with Ditto. I'm going to pay £19 a year to release as many songs as I want. Yeah. Somebody might like it. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to do a TikTok. It's going to yeah. be, you know, and it's just, there are so many ways of being seen now. And it was so hard then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, to, yeah. Not mm. to be down on... Not to be down on now because it's great. No, no, no I love that yeah, now. Exactly. But, no, I yeah, love it. But the, the people definitely worked harder back then. I think. I think. Or, or, <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. I mean? But then I also think that you know there was this this early kind of you know maybe your seventies and eighties where you know you put on a tour bus and you made loads of money and you know you just beyond rich. Then there was that kind of mass made kind of manufactured kind of factory produced pop stuff where a lot of people were ripped off. That's when I think people started looking at things like deals yeah. and management and there was a lot to learn. And then you got to that kind of stage where, you know, your, your streaming came in and the street, everybody fell, you know, the people who created things like YouTube did not know the power of nah, YouTube exactly, then. Exactly. And you can't have your Justin Bieber's now really, because you have to access everything, your Instagrams, your Twitter, your, your TikTok and everything. But slowly everything is kind of, it's now geared up for the artist. Like you say, I think I think nowadays anyone can be a star. But I think then um, you say, you know, you did have to work harder, but it was also down to a lot of luck and yeah, being yeah. in the right place. Right place, right time. So now you don't need luck. Yeah. If you want to do it, you can just do it. Yes, yeah, that's it. Whereas then you had to show something extraordinary, thing, I think. Anything I can think nowadays is the pure saturation of oh, the, yeah. the, the pure amount of There's no people. quality. Well, there is, is there is quality. Well, there is, but, it's, it's but you sift through a lot of chaff. Yeah. 
to Gigi. get to the wheat and all that sort of stuff. Well, you know what I mean? I've, yeah, I mean, like trend is yeah. the is the most kind of uh, the most prominent thing. Is there are trends in music now? Whereas I feel like maybe eighties, nineties, yeah, okay, things changed around. Like grunge came in yeah. and something went in and out. But actually, no one was really following a trend. It was just you know music. Yeah. Whereas now. You, you know, I used to write a brief and if you didn't make that brief or that song wasn't picked up within four weeks, that trend's gone. Moved on. You know, yeah. the, you know, Tropical House has moved. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, well, we won't do that song anymore. <laughs> oh, everyone's singing in Spanish now. Cool. Let's do that. Oh, that's yeah. finished now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's really hard. It's hard to keep up. It is. So you do just have to make music for yourself. Yeah. But, and just take the rough with the smooth, I think, really. But yeah. I've written a lot of stuff that's never been used. <laughs> oh, I love it though. I like top lining. I like doing a lot of dance yeah. stuff. So that's another thing that I do a lot of. You produce produce dance music as well, yeah. I I don't produce it. I have uh, used my vocals on lots of dance oh, okay, music. Cool, Just yeah. recently, there was a track. I think this is the one I gave you. Um, oh, because I know I know them. Holophonic, Holly. yeah. I know, I know Ollie. Yeah, but there we go. I used to now play that, football with Ollie in Lintest. That is crazy, right? So, <laughs> ba- it, is, it is a small world yeah. at the end of the day, isn't well, it? Well, this, this song was written six years ago, and it was written for another massive producer called Ten, Ten Walls, um, who burst onto the scene with this instrumental. Uh, and then he was signed, and everyone was like, we need to get a track on it. And I happened to be the person asked to do this track, recorded this song, they loved it. It was put on hold. And then they had another up and coming singer doing oh. a, do a version, which is cool, yeah. which is cool. Cause you know, I'm just a writer. That's yeah, cool. Right. And, um, and that was cool. And then it was still on hold. And then they decided the last minute they weren't going to use it because the instrumental had done so well on its own. It already gained traction. So I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Six years later, <laughs> get a call from the producer that I worked with saying, you know, guess what? <laughs> this track that you did 10, you know, six years ago, um, for 10 walls, they, um, Another guy, another bunch of guys have picked it up. They've used like two lines. They want to remix it. Are you cool with that? I was like, yeah, cool. Negotiated a little, you know, royalty and, you know, kind of cut. Gave me a session fee because they were going to use my vocal, which was lovely. And then suddenly this absolute banger came out and it's like proper old school house. And I love it. I love house music. I, I just love it. And suddenly I was just, I was just like reminded of how important it is never to like dismiss stuff no because you know everything has potential even if it's now or then you know whenever it is and yeah things come around again yeah and then i woke up and then i had like forty-five thousand monthly listeners on my spotify account that's huge for as a solo artist you know and i was told it had charted in 15 countries and just recently it's been playlisted by apple so this track's out there now and i was like <laughs> you know, just sat doing my Asda shop. Yeah. You know, kind of, oh, it's amazing, isn't it, mate? <laughs> I'm in Dubai now, is that right? Is it Dubai? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I because one half of the pair, Ollie, I've known since I was like six years old. And yeah. I went to school with him, played football with him. Yeah. And he wasn't really a musician or musical at all. And then um I lost touch with him and then he's and then I found him on the internet, it's part of Polyphonic, who were this like, I don't know, it's big, aren't they? Yeah, big, like, production duo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really oh, he's cool. a musician. I had no idea. And he's an incredibly successful one, too. You can, like, <laughs> you can be... I think the term musician is broader nowadays, much broader yeah. nowadays, because yeah. of technology. You know what I mean? Like, I've just bought a pad 
Um, like I was, I had a drum, electric drum kit that I was trying to do some drums on, but I'm shite. <laughs> and um, so I thought, nah, I just can't be bothered to do this. So then I, I bought a pad, basically, you know, it's mm. like a little atom pad, and it's so I just put my drums in like that, and it's just, it's just. And then you click the quantize button, and it makes it all nice and. In time. <laughs> oh yeah, we all love that button. You know what I mean, but, yeah, <laughs> but like it's just it's it, it does so much more than just that, and it's nothing musical about it. I'm just pushing buttons in yeah. in time, basically. And there's a lot of musical stuff happening while I'm just doing that. It's, it's, so and it's, I, I think that has us. evolved yeah. since the music industry changed. Yeah. Since you know people put the power in our hands, um, then you know the term bedroom musician or bedroom producer. Like I remember Daniel Beddingfield. Do you remember when Daniel Beddingfield yeah, came out? Yeah. And it was like iconic because it was like, oh, he made this whole album in his bedroom. Yeah. I can't believe that. You know, can you believe that? Well, now that's just like normal because people just, are like everyone, clearing up a work surface yeah, yeah, and just yeah. like sticking all their interfaces. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Look at Billie Eilish, you know, people like yeah, that, yeah. you know, who just make all the music in that little house in their parents' room. And that's, that's where the magic happens. But I think a lot of it changed when that changed. That's it. I think it's all because of Daniel Beddingfield. Thanks, Daniel. (laughs) Thanks, Daniel, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't you don't have to spend nine hundred thousand pounds in a studio in London anymore to you know what I mean? It's just that's why so many of them have gone. Yeah. You know, that's that is legit why loads of we recorded this most amazing two songs that my my then originals band um years ago. We had the pleasure of um of hiring townhouse studios. In, you know, I think it was in Shepherd's Bush. Um, two days. It cost us ten grand to For to two do days. two. Well, it was a week. Yeah, all right. Two songs. All right. Two songs with an engineer. Um, and by the time we'd paid, we'd we'd hired a string quartet. They just played on the Golden Compass, so we hired these like amazing string players. We had brass players. We did these two great tracks, and the whole thing cost us ten grand. And it was the most amazing experience yeah, of our lives. And, and we found out that Prince's keyboard player was in one room and yeah. Karim Bailey Ray had been in another. And then a few months later, it was gone. It was turned to flats. Uh, and do you know what I mean? And another great it? studio, Sphere Studios. Was it Sphere Studios? Well, whatever one it is that um, Duran Duran used to own, we used to go up and did a couple of recordings with a great producer up there called Peter Vitesi. And we'd be in one room and they'd be in another room. And, you know, and... and it was just this crazy time. That's gone. It's no one needs it. Do you know what I mean? It's quite sad, really. It is isn't sad. It? it is sad. Yeah, like because it is. It is a brilliant experience. Like for a, yeah. when you're like an upcoming band, you know what I mean? You're just starting. Like, that's the first thing you look forward to doing. You know, you get five, six songs together, and you're like, well, you're going to book, a studio. Book a studio. It's just you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean? yeah. And it can be a shit hole, but the experience <laughs> of putting down your songs and now the moment is yeah. now. Let's do it. You know, it's, mm. what a brilliant thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, if it all felt that good always, I think. Oh, I think one of the greatest things, though, I think what's come out of that is that there's loads of indie studios that kind of popped up and people that do have good creative spaces, they just kind of turn it into a studio and they go, actually, and then it evolves and it becomes something really cool. So, you know, there's a lot more of them. Something similar to where we were the other day. Oh yeah, exactly. Mm. So, you know, it's just, I mean, that's, that's perfectly, you know, that's, that's the garage of a house that's been converted into one of the kind of, I would say, um, one of the flagship studios in Portsmouth. All right. You know, great engineers coming in, doing stuff, you know, people like us, you know, we're out, this is our living, but being able to go into the studio still feels cool, still mm. feels exciting. Yeah, it's like, it is, yeah. we do this all the time, but actually it's like a night out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we, we're going in to record some rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we should, we should. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of rock. Yeah. And rockets. Oh, rockets. oh, I like it. 
What, like a, what a segue. Come on. You've been prepped. Give us, give us, uh, <laughs> I know I was talking about, talking about this on the car. And I have heard one song. I heard they do the Credence tune. Oh, yeah. Uh, which yeah. was cool because that's one of my favourite songs. Oh, it's a tune. Because that, was, one, that was on an old skate vid that I used to love. You know what I mean? And, Everyone um, loves that one. It's a great tune. A, a lot of people have said they love that it's one. A lot, it's a great tune. Great tune from, you know, but that's good. But what, what's, the, what's the go there? You cheese. You cheese. <laughs> it's self-indulgent. Is, it, yeah, <laughs> is, it? is that what it is? Basically, I am um, my friend uh, Colin, who's the drummer in like every band that I'm in now. Because, <laughs> because the thing, and I'm not like I'm like five bands. So right. the thing is, is when you meet your people, right? When you find your people, um, you don't want to let go of those people, no, and that's and it. that's why you know when I met Aiden at Water Bear, we just kind of got on straight away, yeah. and I was like. Dude, you're not far away from me. This is quite cool. We, we live over that side. Yeah. We're not part yeah. of this group. And um, and yeah, and then you know, Colin uh, is the drummer of of what was just other bands at the time. And we both said, you know, what? we should play some rock. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I said, I've sung soul all of my life. And um, but when I started working at Waterbear, they had no singers. They had no singing students. They had all guitarists. Oh, okay. So I stepped in um as the lecturer to to sing the songs and. My first week, I was doing Led Zeppelin. I was singing Lenny Kravitz. We were doing Audio Slave. That's baptism of fire. Oh, I was <laughs> straight in. I was straight in. You straight know. in with Led Zeppelin. Yeah, literally Heartbreaker. So I was in there, you know, <laughs> girl, Heartbreaker. And I was like, my God, where has this been all of my <laughs> life? I felt like my um, my actual voice like entered like a sixth gear. And yeah, I hadn't yeah. used that area of my voice before. And then suddenly... I mean, it actually improved my voice and I was able to look at different techniques and I was like, oh, that's how they sing it like that. Yeah. That's why it sounds so flipping loud. It's not loud. Yeah. It's resonant. It's in there. It's close mic. It's really interesting. And I just got really into it. And then I think I sent him um, and my husband, Sean, who's a big kind of rock fan. He's a bass player himself. I sent them a video of me doing um, Audio Slave Um I never know what it's called. Is it Cochise? Cochise? Cochise, oh, Cochise. Yeah. Cochise is it? Yeah, Cochise. I say cheese. Goat's yeah. cheese. Goat's cheese. <laughs> Goat's cheese. Um, but There's I lots st- of fireworks in yeah. the video. That's what I remember. Um, and I just think they were like, wow, this is amazing. We should do something. That's a hard... I, I imagine I can... I think that's a hard vocal. Well, I don't know, but it, there is a version. Chris Cornell, isn't Chris it? Cornell. Yeah. it's not going to be easy. But that's you know the thing. I, mean? I just I discover people like Chris Cornell, and I was like, yeah. what a voice! What a vocal! And yeah, what and a voice. also it really felt good for me as a female singer. These ranges, a lot of these rock kind of singers, they're up there and it, and it's a really, really great area to let rip. It really helped me to kind of train my chest voice and, yeah. you know, and my mixed voice. And I was able to work out techniques that I could pass on to others and it just felt really good. Yeah. And then I met Adam and I realized that he was close. And then uh, my friend Colin was like, we need to do a rock band. I said, I know, just the guy. Said, do, do you know why? Do you know the main reason why Adrian's in the band? The hair. It's the hair. Right? <laughs> no, I knew it. I knew it. He literally, he said, don't want any baldies. He goes, I don't want any, like, you know, boring bankers. He said. I can really we, imagine Colin saying this. Like, yeah, no, he no, literally, no. literally was like, yes, they've got to have, have, have a rock and roll. They've got to have long hair. You've got to be a bit rough. And I went, wow, I do know this friend. He's got long hair and he lives down the road. He's perfect. Yeah, I, yeah. I sent him a picture. I said, you know what? I, th- I think I found the guy. I said, this is who I work with. This is my friend at Waterbury. And I sent him a picture. He went, good hair, get him in. <laughs> I was like, okay. So you came along for that day, didn't you? Yeah, and then fun. afterwards we were like, yeah, he's in. He's, he's in. on. Yeah. But it is literally self-indulgent. That's it's brilliant. It's for... It's for fun. Well, just tunes you've heard and loved, obviously, uh, from yeah, through time. And it just started. That one's in. It started as um, a kind of a really self-indulgent chance to 
to play something heavier considering that we're all in kind of like covers bands and we do your standard party set lists and all these kind of things and I know I know where my zone is yeah. my zone is soul and funk that's right. cool but I really enjoyed doing this so yeah. it started off self-indulgent and now it's turning into we've done a recording we've put something out on Spotify people are booking it and going oh that sounds amazing and yeah. I want to do a video and <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's brilliant it was born out of passion let's get something on which one yes. am I doing? Which one well, am I doing? Well, I feel like, oh, right, I feel like a whole lot of love is great. Okay. But I also feel scared in case there are some diehard Led Zeppelin fans that are like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, Nutbush sounds like Tina. Oh, okay. brilliant. You're doing yeah. Nutbush. So you you can choose. You've Come. got Nutbush, whole lot of no, love. No, i got to hear the Zeph. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Then. We'll I go whole lot of love. i got to. Here we go. Here we go. Here it comes.
so much fun. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? That is too much fun. fun. It's, um, do you know what? I was, the first verse, I was thinking, oh, now I want to hear Cochise. Because I think the vocals are fairly similar. Yeah. In a, a sort of no, they, sun, are, they are. They are. They are. They are. It's sort of spat the sort of same way, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, we have got a live version of that from the kitchen. I'll share it with you later. All right. <laughs> the kitchen sessions. The kitchen sessions. <laughs> we were just so desperate to play something. We had like, my, my husband's a great sound engineer. Yeah, yeah. And he's mastered the live stream sound. Just oh, bam. Brilliant, yeah. And we recorded it in there. We had a smoke machine, red lights. <laughs> Caught on some fire, wasn't it? Like, the smoke was coming up like, welcome to Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in Middle Lee Park in the kitchen. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> got to be done. Got to be done. It's great. Um, I got one more question, okay. and it's, I'm going to get killed for it. But when I, I'm going to put this correctly without trying to dob someone in, um, <laughs> I'm is it me? Is it me? No, it's not you. It's not you. <laughs> when when you're a party to someone who says they can't sing, okay, and you actually think they bloody well can, okay, and you hear them quite a lot about the house. Um, well, you know, how do you help them? How do you uh, when you know what I mean? Because like, all right, I'll just be honest. Zoe, you're going to kill me. But is my, this your other half? Yeah. She yeah. does listen to these, does she? she? Yeah. All right, speak, speak to Zoe Amber. She's, she, she, I think she's amazing. I hear her sing Titanium. Okay, yeah, that's a hard song Which is a hard well, song, yeah. which is a banger. And she's on point, and her pitch is brilliant. That's cool. And she's just singing along to herself. The second she hears knows I'm listening, she's like, Whoop. Okay, so that's she's like, no, I think, no, I'm not singing. I'd, I think I'd love to get her recorded the, yeah. or something. How, I think there's a you, couple of things. This is to you, Zoe. I hope you're oh, listening. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Don't hurt me too much. <laughs> I think there's a couple of things that are happening. I think probably... The fact that she's singing like that and singing so freely means that she has a passion for it and she's oh, yeah. good at it. Yeah. And the fact that she gets very withdrawn when she sees you there might change over time because yeah. actually it might be a slow burner. Yeah. Some people are really, do you know what? Some people are really, really gifted vocally, but they have no desire to do anything with it. And they're the ones that don't care and they'll sing anywhere. Yeah. And there are some that are just so afraid of putting themselves out there. It takes a long time to do yeah. it, but. My advice to anyone who thinks they're in the company of someone who really should be doing something with it is not to keep like pushing them saying you should do you say actually I found this and like go to like a vocal group or a choir or something. Yeah. I obviously I I can only speak from my my kind of experience with what I run and I run like a pop choir. I usually hear the music that I've done. That's very much what I teach. So it's not like I'm suddenly going to teach you a choral classical song. I'm going to teach you some Marvin Gaye. I'm going to teach you, you know, uh, how to sing Sia or Rihanna. Do you know what I mean? So I think you need to, if she's, she's really passionate about it, but very shy, I think it's about finding, again, finding your team, finding your people, finding a group that perhaps you can just go and be a part of with no pressure. You know, there's so many around, so many great places around to go to. Um, and then I think you only need to do something like that a couple of times before you get addicted. Right. And I know so many of my adult singers who just maybe sang when they were in, you know, a school choir. And then suddenly they're performing at Victorious with us, a part of a hundred strong group and everyone is the same. And then that bug kicks, kicks in. Kicks in and, then, and then before you yeah. know it, she's singing along and she's probably booked a recording session and she's this, <laughs> she's that. I just think sometimes people need to be handled gently. Yeah. Because it gets frustrating, Well, I'm not sure it? if she, she doesn't even think... She doesn't even think like that. She's just singing for her own enjoyment. Yeah. At the moment, that's a huge thing. And that's it. And I shouldn't. I don't want to ruin that by pressurizing her to do something. But I just love. I just love her to do something, even if it's just with me. Yeah. Well, well, maybe maybe the the route for you is just to continue to compliment her on how great she is, rather than saying, "Oh, it's such a shame," or "It's oh, you should be doing." It's actually, "Oh, that sounded amazing." By the way. Yeah. 
done. Done, that's it. Because then yeah. you leave them with that feeling of, oh, that's quite nice, yeah. you know. Oh, she does. She blows me away. She sings to her little daughter and it blows me away. Oh, <laughs> that's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. It's it might be something that happens a bit further down the line. Yeah. I but, you so. know, if you're listening, I'm, I'm always here. I do private lessons too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so that, that was actually quite helpful for myself as well, <laughs> if I'm being yeah, honest. You, so, you know, you, I mean? you yeah. know we, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It is, yeah. um, it, I think it takes um, a lot to really believe in yourself. Yeah. It's, it's such a personal thing. I've hidden behind an instrument all my life. Yeah. But when the instrument is something that everyone owns, a voice, yeah. essentially, that's, you know what I mean? And people are so much more, not almost brutal, but opinionated when, oh, she can't sing or he can't mm. sing, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, everyone can sing, like you say. It's just you got to own it. Yeah, that's it. You know what, right? My my son um, is an amazing singer. Right. He's a brilliant rapper, yeah. like incredible. He's also a really talented percussion player. He's the kind of person that picks up an instrument and can learn it really quickly, but has yeah. no desire mm. to do anything with it. And it's frustrating. Yeah. It really, really is frustrating. And he has no belief in himself. But you know. It, I get really kind of like, oh, come on, you know, you can do this type of thing. And he's like, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. You just have to kind of accept it sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, yeah. it's a bit of a shame. But he's getting better at believing in himself. Yeah. Um. But he, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't think that when he stands on stage, he's the front man. He is all eyes on him. He comes off and he's like, yeah, you know, kind of, in. that's yeah. it, straight back in again. No, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice in a way. But it's very so, common. Yeah. You know? It's good. That's that going. That's that line between humility and arrogance. Again. Yeah. You, don't, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's nice. You know what I mean? Some guy comes off stage and is all, yeah, did you check me out? Yeah. Still, uh, exactly. But you know what I mean? So that's exactly. nice. That's cool. Yeah. What else? What's left? We're running out of time, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> you're, try, you're, you're, you're trying to avoid the last song, aren't you? <laughs> of course. What's well, the last song? Well, we, well, no, I think we, we always finish off with a nice improvised song. Oh. <laughs> such oh. as the beginning. Um, I think we and should let. And uh, it's always brilliant, isn't it? It's always... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm think, excited. What we, have, what we have listened to yet is actually any of your own music oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 rather yeah. than you holding your phone up to the mic. So I think that what we should do is we should do our song because I think people will be upset if we don't do a moment of improvising at the end. But then the actual actual last song, I think, should be one of one of Amber's tunes. Yeah, I'm down. Okay. Does that sound that make sense? Let's do it. Sounds good to me. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your song. Well, now remember, <laughs> remember, have, have belief in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is where I just panic. And now my mind is thinking, right, what do I sing about? Bees, bumblebee. Oh, no. I'm like, what do I sing about? i got no words. i got no nothing. I, used I love to have it. A, I used to have a rubbishy little book. Yeah. With lyrics in, but I exhausted that in about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? The amount of notes on files. Oh, I've got about 5,000 notes on my phone. No joke. All and right. there's like lyrics one, lyrics two, That's lyrics it. Yeah, eight, yeah, yeah. lyrics 16, Bass. lyric ideas, word ideas. <laughs> Bass part, 894. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I used to rename all of my voice notes. Um, now they just say like my address or any location I am. I'm like, okay, I think I was there. I think I was on the A3, you know, <laughs> when I wrote that song. Right. You inspired me to um, some, oh, of, some, of, some of the notes that I've written. Nice. So, so while Carl's digging around in his phone, what, which one of your songs which, which should be finished on? Do you want to announce it? No, I yeah I think I think it would be good to go with the last song my last original that I released um which was called Hell. Um the reason why I want to go with that is because I've done a lot of R&B a lot of soul and as you heard from my little demo things are going a little bit darker but this song for me um is almost like my um 
my training. You know, I love funk. I love funk music. And for me, this feels like female-fronted James Brown. Cool. And there isn't much of that out there. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, and it was really cool to get back in the studio with the guys after such a long period away and actually lay down a song that two years ago I wrote. Um, and it's only ever really been gigged like a couple of times because we lost all that time. Mm. So we we managed to put it together and put it out. And it just feels like, um, what was it I've said? I said it's like James Brown, only female fronted. And it's um, funk meets um, classic girl power. Cool. Yes. That's great. Isn't it? I can't wait. All right. It. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love James Brown. Yeah. Okay, amazing. So we'll finish on that. But we'll, we'll be the support act to that, Carl, okay? Okay, great. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was so excited. What, what, what vibe are you feeling? Well, I'm, I'm going to let you choose the vibe because it's You're drooping it, again, aren't you? It springs it. I know. This <laughs> bloody mic stand. It springs it on me. And I've got some notes that I've taken. Nice. They're not actually... Um, it's not your shopping list, is it? No. <laughs> no you're, you're, but you're, you're not far off. <laughs> But we'll see how we go. Okay. Well, is it like a ballad or a rocker or? A um, it could be a ballad. We could do a ballad. All right. We'll oh. do a ballad. Okay. We'll do a ballad. Um, Sensitive. Let's do six eight them. to do <laughs> first one is get a cajon there's one in the corner oh brilliant can I buy off you yeah. <laughs> then I need a small PA system with a desk to write a song to my dad to say thank you Then write a song about skateboarding Something cheesy like urethane on tarmac <laughs> And then put all these songs on YouTube <laughs> That's my list <laughs> Oh, that's good I exhausted it there I feel like more of a storyteller guy You go, you go Give me a list. Give me know. a list, but some probably. <laughs> God's sake. When I think of my list, <laughs> I think of the things that I missed. I need to go and do a big shop. But I can't find the time anymore. There's no time anymore. I feel like we're doing an REM song. I know, I know. I like this. That's good. That's good. There's no time anymore. <laughs> do we give like a legit reason for no time or do we do like a fancy? Because I would just, you know. Uh, I'd oh, say. Kids. Kids and asshole dogs. Asshole dogs. <laughs> Probably being too pissed to drive. Yeah, that's a bad one. <laughs> yeah. And also, shopping when you're pissed is a no no anyway yes and i buy lots of shit yeah. in the middle of the night yeah. 10 pack of twinkies <laughs> is six pound fifty <laughs> or a bra that doesn't fit me <laughs> i've never bought a bra but i have bought a car <laughs> 
And I drove that car across Australia with my pa. This is that song where I say thank you, Dad. Thank the Dad. Thank the Dad. Thank the Dad. Thank the Dad. He's my dad. He's your dad. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. You just made my dreams come true. Oh, that, was <laughs> that was a moment, wasn't it? That was a real moment. That was a real moment. <laughs> I like how I actually, I never actually wrote the song thanking my dad. And it kind of well, came, it, it came it, a bit there. By the way, that generated after I said the word bra, so I don't know where that's, <laughs> how that's going to go. <laughs> Not seeing my dad in a bra. Okay. And as promised, here is the track held by Amber Tremaine. Oh, he is 